This is the Clink Law Podcast, providing clarity to the many gray areas surrounding estate planning so you feel empowered to take action. Now here's your host, Peter Clink. Hey folks, it's Peter Clink, Trust and State's Attorney, here to talk a little bit more about, well, death and taxes. Today's subject, how about avoiding probate? A topic that I hear people talk about a lot. So let's talk about that. So first, to start, people often talk about avoiding probate. But to tell you the truth, a lot of people don't even know what probate really is. They just know it sounds scary. It sounds like a lot of government work and paperwork and maybe taxes and things. So let's clarify that so we're all talking about the same thing. So first, what is probate? Now remember, everybody dies, folks. Uh, they always have and always will. And every country, every culture and religions have ways of dividing up the stuff that's left behind. Because guess what? You can't take it with you, right? So you, what do we do with this stuff? Whether it's, you know, your your spear and shield and fishing pole, or is it your vast fortune? Like who gets that? And how do we make sure that all of your debts and whatnot are taken care of before they're distributed out? Well, that process is probate. Again, every country might call it something else, but it's the idea of making sure that all the things that are left behind end up with the right person or people. Now, the right person might be a creditor or the IRS. It might be your wife, or your husband, it might be your kids. Who knows? You know, but that's the, the idea. You don't want everybody showing up at the house right after the funeral and uh, having a big bloodbath over the stuff. Right. So probate is the government's way of making sure there's some order to this system. Now, in some places, this is pretty complex. And I'll let you know, it's renowned. There's three states in the United States where probate's known to be difficult and expensive. And that's New York, Florida, and California. Pretty much all the other states, though, guys, it's not that bad. It really isn't. It's just a system to put through to make sure, again, that that there's some order to the system, that creditors are taken care of, that spouses and children get what they're supposed to get. Now, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, really straightforward, guys. I mean, the, the fees are low. The process is pretty straightforward. Uh, the people who work at the surrogate's office in New Jersey, because that's where probate's done in New Jersey, super nice. People who work in the Register of Wills offices in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, super nice. Very helpful. Uh, the fees are low. Uh, and in general, uh, why? Well, in both states, they have some taxes. If you live in New Jersey, you know about taxes. If you live in Pennsylvania, well, actually taxes aren't that bad, but they do have a Pennsylvania inheritance tax. So the Commonwealth, when you die, gets a little little bit exit on you, a little bit of exit money off of you. So they don't really need to squeeze you in the probate process and charge you a lot of fees. New Jersey, I think it, <laughs> I would like to think of it as, that they tax the heck out of you while you're alive, so they just don't feel like taxing you after you die. They, they make it pretty straightforward. And both offices are elected. Uh, the people are, again, I've never really run into anybody who wasn't just a very competent human being running these, these offices. And they're, again, very helpful. So avoiding probate? Well, California, New York, Florida, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you should really investigate that. Uh, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you can, but it, don't make it your your top priority. How's that? There's other important things to do uh, in the process before you get there. Uh, now, there's many ways that you can avoid probate because remember, 
the probate process is about making sure the things that pass through your will go to where they're supposed to go. Now, what goes through your will? Well, if you die owning a piece of real estate in your name, that will go through your will. Or to be clear, if you don't have a will, somebody's appointed and this person's called the administrator, so it's an administration. Uh, the will, you get to, of course, decide where your things go because you wrote the will. The administrator is somebody's appointed uh, through a process to make sure that your assets are divided up under the, what the law says. And there's a little segue here, folks, but everybody says, well, if I don't have a will and I let it go there, it's going to the state. Eh, probably not. There, there's a very detailed set of rules in every state that if somebody doesn't do their chores and don't have a will, where it goes. Now, it might not be where you wanted it to go, but there is a way of finding somebody all the way out, usually to about third cousins. So is it possible you don't have third cousins out there and it's going to go to the state? Well, yeah, but you probably do. They might not know you, but they exist. We probably can find them. So how do you avoid probate? Well, there's, there's ways. Now, you could go to the bank and you could make things transfer on death. It's called TOD, meaning that when you die, you name the person who's going to get it. Uh, so they just go in with the death certificate. When you die, they collect the asset. Now, folks, this doesn't avoid creditors. It doesn't avoid taxes. It just means we're avoiding the probate process, right? You're passing it through a way transfer on death. But if you die owing somebody money, they still can collect this money, your creditor. Uh, another way of doing it is making assets joint, jointly with the right of survivorship. Or in, in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, we have uh, tenants by the entireties. So again, very convenient. You're both deemed to own half the property when you, you do this. You put this property in the joint names and then... It's a contract between you and the other person. One of you dies, well, then the survivor can claim the ownership and take it. They don't need to go through your will. In fact, it trumps your will. So, for example, if you had a house that you own jointly with the right of survivorship with your sister and you died, even if your will says, I give my house to the Humane Society, well, your sister gets it because the contract trumps what your will says. The contract was jointly with your sister. You die. She has a right to claim. It's now hers. All right. So these, these things, transfer and death, now I'm giving you jointly owned property. These things trump, and that's why they don't. these assets don't go through the probate process. Now, uh, another way is naming a beneficiary, as you do with life insurance or your IRA. You'd name a beneficiary. That's the person who gets the asset when you die. Uh, the only way those assets end up as part of your estate and going through probate is if you fail to name a beneficiary. So as you're listening to this, maybe think about it. Do you have a life insurance policy out there that you named your mom as beneficiary, but she's died since then? Well, since she died before you, that means you don't really have a beneficiary. So it will go through your will. So you might want to update those. Same with your IRAs, annuities are all examples of things that you'd have a beneficiary for. So those things go out right. Now, uh, another way, and this is what typically comes up, is a revocable living trust, a revocable trust. This is a trust that you form during your lifetime. It can own things. You manage it. You can take things in and out because it's revocable. The key to understanding this is that the trust owns the asset, not you. You're the beneficiary. You can always take it back, but you don't own it. So that when you die, the revocable trust takes the place 
of the will. It, it says during your lifetime, you're the beneficiary and you can manage it and enjoy the assets in the trust. But at death, it goes to your sister, let's say. Um, we don't need a will anymore. It replaces the will. It avoids the trip to the courthouse, the register of surrogates to file the will. Doesn't avoid taxes, guys. Don't let anybody tell you it does because it doesn't. Doesn't avoid creditors. Doesn't avoid your spouse's claims and things like that. But, uh, but it does avoid the probate process. Now, think about all these things that, is it useful? Well, it depends on your circumstances. Might be wonderful. Might be a great way for people to come and get things right after you die and uh, make things uh, simpler. But for example, let's say you have young children or children married to <laughs> somebody you think is a little shady. Well, these steps might not be the best for you. Because when you die, these assets go right to your child in this example, which means that they're available to their creditors and spouses. So you might, in your, your estate plan, want to use a trust for them. And that trust is typically in the will. You trust under will. You'd say, when I die, I want this trust to come into place. I want the assets to go into it so that they're there to take care of my child, but my shifty son-in-law can't get them. So you don't want to avoid probate in that case because avoiding probate means that you've, yes, avoided a short trip and maybe a $60 filing fee with the register or the surrogate, but now the assets are available to your, your child's creditors and spouse. So it all depends on your circumstance. So they're all possibilities. They're all arrows in your quiver, so to speak. But what you really need to do is to think about what's best for you and what's best for your family. Now, a way to do that is to brainstorm with your trust and states uh, professional. Uh, if you're in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, you want to do that with me, give me a ring. We'll talk. We'll come up with uh, what's good fit for you. Uh, if you're in another state, we'll contact your professional there and, and see what's a good fit for you, right? What, what's a good thing for your family? Everybody has a different set of circumstances, and these tools can be used in different ways to fit your circumstance. So anyway, guys, I, I hope this was helpful to you. It's, you know, a general overview, and if you have more, you can feel free to, you know, learn more and contact uh, myself or another professional. And, uh, well, it's Trust and States. It's Death and Taxes. Glad to talk about it. Tune in next month. We'll talk about it some more. Bye now. Thanks for listening to the Clink Law Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and share.